So who here has ever gone through what you would call a storm, a tough time in your life? Maybe something specific comes to your mind. Maybe, maybe it was a medical condition. Maybe it was the loss of a job. Maybe it was just uh, a hazard of driving down the road and you found yourself in a very scary and stressful situation. I'm sure everybody here can say, that's me. How many of you said, hey, God, during the middle of the storm, hey, God, I like this. Whatever you're doing, God, keep it up. I'm enjoying this. More than likely, people are saying, God, what's going on? God, get me out of this. I don't want to be in this. Because we don't like those storms. Nobody says, hey, God, the next time you want to have a storm, I want the first in line. I want the worst of the worst. Just, God, you just keep me in this storm because I'm enjoying it. Nobody here has probably done that, right? Everybody says, get me out of this thing, because they do not want to be in the storm. <clears throat> but as much as people do not want to be in the storm, we all know the storms are a part of life. It doesn't, I think of Tegan. He had pneumonia uh, this, this last week. And you have this guy with his Iron Man, you know, right there. It's just a part of life. It doesn't matter if you're this little. It doesn't matter if you're this big. I remember, I don't remember your name, uh, but the last time I saw him, he had his hand in a cast or some kind of this because of a storm in his life. It doesn't matter if you're healthy or unhealthy. It doesn't matter uh, what age you are. We are all going to go through storms in life. And people try to avoid storms, right? If, if I don't like the weather, I'm not going to go out driving in the snow. Because I know there are people out there, and there could be an accident. I don't, like hanging, I don't like living down south because there's tornadoes, and there's floods. So guess what? I don't live there. People, I avoid certain people if I'm going to have conflict with them. But no matter how hard you try to avoid a storm, it's going to come. It's a natural part of life. So what do I do with it when I face the storm? Why is God allowing me to be in the storm? It's okay if you can't get it home. I put that off as long as I possibly could. The disciples, thank you, sir. The disciples find themselves in a storm today, and they literally are in a storm. This is when you think of a storm out in the water with lots of waves and lots of weather. That's where they find themselves in Luke chapter eight. So, if you would like to follow along and see that the disciples went through a storm, how they handled that storm, and why they should turn to Jesus. In spite during that storm, because he is big enough to handle it. So picture the disciples. It's a nice sunny day. You, you picture them out in a boat. It's not like a ski boat. This is just like a big, a big boat. Thank you, sir. A boat. So the first thing, as storms come in life, picture a boat like this. It's got to be a little bit bigger because there are 13 people out in this boat. You have Jesus and the 12 disciples, so it's got to be something bigger. But this kind of gives you the idea. And picture a day like this. It's nice and sunny. The water's calm. Everybody's relaxed. And Jesus says, hey, let's go out into the boat. But let me read first how, how it's put in Scripture. Luke 8, verses 22 to 25. One day Jesus said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and they set out. As they sailed, Jesus fell asleep. A squall came down on the lake so that the boat was being swamped, and they were in great danger. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Master, Master, we're going to drown. He got up and rebuked the wind and the raging waters. The storm subsided, and all was calm. Where is your faith? He asked his disciples. 
In fear and amazement, they asked one another, Who is this? He commands even the winds and the waters, and they obey him. So the disciples are out there. They're getting ready to go. Jesus says, Hey, guys, let's go to the, to the other side of the lake. Jesus has been busy talking to people, and I think the disciples are welcoming this opportunity to get back onto the water because there's four fishermen among Jesus' 12 disciples. And I'm picturing these guys are saying, Great, it's been a long time since I've been out on a boat. Uh, we got the wind going through our hair. We got the smell of the water. We can watch the fish jumping, right? And they're just excited, I think, to get out there. They're away from the crowd. Nobody's going to come up and start asking questions, pulling Jesus in this direction and Jesus in that direction. They finally get, a, get away, and they get a break. While they're out there, you know, Jesus has had a long day. He's had a long ministry. The boat's going back and forth. And it starts to put Jesus, he starts to feel a little tired. So he says, guys, I'm going to go to the stern, to the back of the boat. There's probably some kind of little cubby hole. Jesus says, I'm going to go take a nap. They say, Jesus, you've been working hard. There's a cushion. Go make yourself comfortable. We'll wake you up when we get to the other side. So they're just going, and the waves are just going like this. And I picture, you know, Matthew sticking his hand in the water. He's just, it feels good, the cool water. And everybody's just enjoying the peace and quiet. They're daydreaming. They're, they're having little discussions about what's gone on throughout the days and the weeks. And then all of a sudden, the boat starts to get a little more sideways. And they start to see the dark clouds coming. And all of a sudden, everybody who is not a fisherman, they stop whatever they're doing. And all eyes go on the fishermen. The guys who are running the sails and running the oars, and they're concerned because if the, but, and they're looking for the fisher, to the fishermen for, uh, for support and confidence. If they're okay with this, okay, things are a little bit choppy, but if they're afraid, guess what? If I'm not a fisherman, I'm really afraid. And all of a sudden, they're, they're noticing the fishermen are afraid too. They're trying to pull down the sails. They're trying to get roll harder as anything they can do to get through this storm. And then a great big wave comes. And so their nice calm day went from that to this. All of a sudden, there's all this water coming into the boat. And everybody's getting soaked and they're panicked and they start grabbing anything they can to start trying to get rid of this water. And they are in a very scary and desperate situation. And they're panic-stricken and they're wet and they're scared. Now, see, a Galilee is just right for a storm like this. It's about five miles wide by about 13 miles long. And it's surrounded by the mountains with the big crevices in between. And so the air can come whipping through the ravines and hit the water and the temperature can change, and all the water can start doing whatever it does because of the temperature change. And this isn't just a little storm. Picture the little kid in the bathtub who's got a boat, and guess what his goal is? I picture Taven for some reason. Guess what he's doing? He's going like this as fast as he can because he wants the boat to tip. And that's what's happening to the water. It's like it's in an earthquake. It's in an earth shake. And it's going like this, and there's no reason in rhyme for which direction the water's going. And the disciples are scared to death. You know, they're not wearing life jackets. Those things weren't invented yet. You know, they're not wearing their wooden life jackets because this is better than nothing. They don't have life jackets. They don't have a radio to call the Coast Guard because the Coast Guard isn't even there even if they had the Coast Guard to call. There's no Coast Guard. And so they're finding themselves in a very scary situation. And if things do not change soon, they're all going to drown. That's the storm that they are in. I've never been in a storm like that, and I pray I never am. But the disciples went through a storm. 
And guess what? We're going to find ourselves in storms too. Sometimes these storms are going to be self-inflicted storms. <clears throat> this says, honk if you love Jesus, text while driving if you want to meet him. Okay? That's a self-inflicted storm. I'm, I'm driving my car and I'm texting and all of a sudden I'm somewhere I don't want to be. We saw Daisy giving the driver instructor lessons uh, uh, this last week during driver's ed. And we, got, we, we started talking to him, and Leslie said, I remember seeing in Seattle where people are eating cereal while they're driving. People drive with their knees, and people are on their cell phones while they're doing their hair. I mean, but that's a self-inflicted thing. People end up in accidents doing some, something like that, but it's still storm. People who do drugs, those things start affecting your mind, right? I, don't, I can't give you all the medical effects of it, but I know it's not good. It... it slows your speed, and it has consequences on your brain that affect your actions. <clears throat> Another way we can self-inflict uh, storms in our life is poor spending habits. This guy doesn't have anything because he, as soon as he got his money, he spent it, or he didn't go to work, so he didn't have any money. Now, it's some silly examples, but we're all going to face storms in our life. But sometimes they're going to be God-allowed storms in your life. And I would li I'd love to tell you that, hey, you come to Jesus, you put your faith in him, and guess what? The storms all go bye-bye. You have no more problems. You know how easy it would be to tell people about Jesus? It's easy to tell the people who are saved and who they're not because that person's in the ditch in the snow, and that person's just going straight down the road. But it doesn't work that way. Storms come in our life even though... We follow Jesus. God allows different storms to come. We have this picture of this sad little girl who is sick, right? That it was, she's, she's too young to really have done anything to cause any kind of issue in her life. She just happens to be sick. Right now I have a friend uh, in South, he's a North, from North Dakota, but he's at the Mayo Clinic and he has cancer. And I met him about a year ago and he's, he's gone through all kinds of treatments. Right now he's at the Mayo Clinic for about six weeks. And they're, I can't even understand what they're doing to him. The things they're trying to, uh, to try to help him get better. But this was a guy who, as far as I know, didn't deserve this. This was a guy who went around and built churches. He, didn't, he wasn't like trying to get the people in the church, but you need a building. And this guy went from town to town with his family, came across people who wanted to build a church, and that's what he did. He built churches. That sounds great. But now he's fighting for his life with cancer. Storms come. Here's a guy who it probably looks like he lost his job. It just is a part of life. Anybody here ever lost your job because they're downsizing or because they're, you're getting laid off for one reason or another? You didn't do anything to deserve it. It just happened. That's a, a storm that God might allow in life. And then you have the natural disasters, right? If you look down south, you've seen lots of those, tornadoes and floods and hurricanes. You know, here we may not face those things, but we, we could face, we had a fire this summer, right, that had the winds been just right, could have wiped out Plevna, could have wiped out Baker, the whole countryside. But it didn't happen, thank God. But it could have. We, we dealt with drought. Winter is coming. Guess what we might face? A really horrible winter. But those are storms that God allows. May not like it, but it's a part of life. We've all, we've all experienced these things, 
to one degree or another. We've experienced storms. Now, I, I, it would be nice to say that that's enough. But if you follow Jesus, you might be inviting more trouble on yourself. You might be inviting more storms into your life. We have this, the persecuted church. There's lots of people who, around the world, who are trying faithfully to live for the Lord, who lose their jobs. They're trying faithfully to share Christ with people who lose their lives. And it's a direct result of trying to follow Jesus. In Hebrews chapter 11, verses 32 to 40, there's a list of the heroes of the faith. And these are people who went through horrendous things because they were following the Lord. Jesus says, in this world you are going to have troubles. He says, this is what is going to come if you are following me. Jesus says, if they hate me, guess what, everybody, disciples, they're going to hate you. It's a natural consequence of following Jesus is you're going to have storms in your life directly related to that. But when those storms come, whether they're self-inflicted or whether they're not, whether they're just because God allowed them or because they're a direct result of following Christ, there's a response we need to have. We need to turn to Jesus. Now the disciples turned to Jesus. Jesus was in a boat. I picture them, you know, they're... The boat's going like this, and the water's coming in, and the water's going out. They're lucky they haven't lost anybody, but they realize this boat's probably going to sink. And so they get to Jesus, and they're trying to wake him up, and they're, they're, they're soaking wet. The water's dripping off their beards, and they're trying, hey, Jesus, as they're bouncing, hey, Jesus, we've got to wake up. We're going to drown. Now, why did they go to Jesus? I mean, that was the right thing to do. They went to Jesus, but I'm thinking what they're, what's going through their mind is the boat is going to sink, we need to give Jesus a fighting chance. We're all, if the boat sinks, we don't want Jesus stuck underneath it, right? And sinking, we want him out with us. He can swim for his life, and hopefully somebody gets lucky, right? Because they didn't come to Jesus in faith. Uh, when, it, when it talks about, uh, Jesus says in verse 25, he says, where is your faith? Matthew says they had such little faith. And Mark it says, do you, have, do you still have no faith? Now, we know enough about Jesus and enough about these disciples to say, of all the people in the world, they should have had faith. Because we can, we can look back in, in Luke chapter 4 and see that Jesus had power over the demons. He has power over the demon world. He casts out the demons. We see that Jesus raised, or he, he healed numerous people. There was the person who was the leper. There was the paralytic who was lowered through the roof to get to Jesus. Uh, and numerous other people, and Jesus has power over the physical world, the things that we suffer. And then we saw, uh, probably a month ago, that Jesus had power over death, because there was the widow's son who had died, and Jesus raised him back to life. He says, do you still have no faith? You still don't believe? Where, where is your faith? What is it going to take to prove to you that I can do this? And so Jesus now is in a position where he's going to that he has power over the natural world. You know, when we have storms and trials in our life, <clears throat> we should go to God because God has the power to calm the storms. And it seems kind of funny to tell people that you go to God in faith, but there's a lot of people who, in a desperate situation, will cry out to God. There's a lot of people who go to God because I know I'm supposed to, but they don't combine it with faith. You know, the Bible talks about in James 
how pointless that is. I mean, if you're in a storm and you're calling out to God, but you're not asking him in faith to get you through it, you might as well just stop. In James chapter 1, verse 6, if you're asking for wisdom and you're, and you're not believing that you're going to get it, then you're going to be like the, the boat that these disciples are on. You're going to be like on the waves tossing back and forth. No, this is the way to go. No, this is the way to go. And you've got you to gotta have faith when you're asking him to get you through the storm. How do I get through this, God? Why is this happening? What, what direction do I need to turn? You've got to go to him in faith. And the disciples had proof. We can look back and see you guys had Jesus raised power over the dead, over the demons, over the, the physical world that we're living in, but you still don't believe. And we, in this room, can say, you know what? I have situations in my life. I have proof of what God did in my life that I should be able to trust him now. You know, I had that picture of the guy who lost his job. Anybody ever here lose your job? I lost my job once, and I, I wasn't, I was, it was a job I didn't want. I was learning to make dentures, and uh, it was a very difficult situation. I did not like it, but I was determined, I'm staying here no matter what. If it kills me, I'm going to stay here. And God had mercy on me. He said, hey, you know what? After six months, they just canceled, they just quit. There was a dentist, the guy making dentures, and after six months, they parted ways. Well, here I am. I don't have a job. don't really have any options. And I spent that whole year without a job. No, I didn't steal. Nobody gave me a big pile of money, but God provided me with this little temporary job and that temporary job for a whole year. I was doing everything. I was painting. I was washing windows. I was shoveling snow off of roofs. I was mowing the line. I mean, I was helping with construction projects, anything I could do. But for a whole year, God proved to me that, hey, I can take care of you. And so the next time I find myself without a job, which hopefully isn't very soon, <laughs> I know that I can trust God to get me through the storm. In Psalms 103, we can look at scriptures uh, that we read for the, the call to worship. And it's, at the start of the psalm says, Praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. And it goes on. There's 22 verses of benefits from God. And it's so easy to look at our storm and like completely forget about God because he's not bigger than my storm. And, and it's like we should be able to look back at our own life and say, okay, I mean, I don't know why these storms are going on in my life. I don't want them. I feel bad for anybody else who has to, but I know God can get me through this storm. He, he was faithful through his word. There's all these benefits for just putting my faith in him. I know that I can trust him. I should at least give him the opportunity. I should go to him in faith. And the disciples went to him. They didn't go in faith. Jesus took their storm, and he made it look like this. He calmed the storm. Jesus got up there. You know, he, he's kind of trying to catch his balance because he's, he's human after all. And he gets up there and he says, hey, wind and wave, you're scaring the disciples. No, he didn't say that. He said, Why, uh, he said peace, be still. And the, the boat that was going like this, all of a sudden starts going like this. And it starts evening out. And the disciples are just stunned. They're shocked. Who is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. We should go to, to Jesus because he's proved himself faithful and he's proved himself faithful in our lives. God can call, calm the storm in your life too. You have this picture of a bunch of people on a boat. I think it's great. 
all sorts of walks of life. Everybody's in a storm, and they're scared. And Jesus can calm that storm in their life as well. The guy, the guy who wrote It Is Well With My Soul, if everybody knows the story of most people, that was a guy who went through a major storm in his life. And he didn't reject God because of it. He went to God in spite of that storm. It didn't make... Uh, the, the short of the story was he lost uh, his kids on a boat. His, his wife and his kids were coming over, and he was on a different ship. Well, when he, somewhere during that, hit, one ship ran into another, and the boat that his wife and kids were on sank. And he lost his kids, and just his wife survived. Well, he was in a storm. God, God got him through that storm. He didn't bring the kids back up from the bottom of the ocean, but he got them through that storm. And God can get us through those storms. It may not make everything just exactly the way we want it, but we can trust him in that storm. <clears throat> it's, you know, and, uh, when I think about all that, how everybody has storms in their life, and I think about how Jesus is the answer to go to when we have storms, and I think about how the disciples out on that boat, and Jesus stopped the storm on a dime. He just said, hey, calm, be still. It makes me wonder about the storms that we face in our life. And it makes me think about the storms going down, uh, down south and the, the things that happen in Texas. It makes me think, well, how come God allows these storms in our life? God knows how to stop a storm on a dime. He just, you just said it. He just proved it from Scripture that he could do it. So how come he doesn't do that? How come he allows those things to happen? You know, I think about the, the slow-moving storm. And all the water that was dropped. And how many people, probably Christians, cried out to Jesus and said, Hey, I know you have the power to do this. How come you didn't do it? How come so many people have to die? And Jesus didn't stop the storms in their life. Why not? If God is so big and so powerful, why doesn't he do control things like that? Now, I, I can't give you a specific answer as to why, but I have some thoughts about it. First of all, let me just say that God does calm storms in our lives. We, and even more than we even realize. We, God doesn't come to the end of the day and say, Hey, Darren, guess what I saved you from? Here's some 14 accidents you could have been in. Hey, Leslie, here's what you, you could have experienced had you gone on this road and didn't say, Josh, I saved you this much. So first of all, I think God is saving us from more storms than we even realize. It, you, you ever notice like near misses, near death experiences almost, because of, or near accidents, maybe. That could be God keeping you from a storm or even things that we have no idea. So first of all, I want to give God some credit and say, I bet God keeps us out of more storms than we realize. But the short answer for why we have troubles in this world, why there are storms, why there are tribulations, why things like Las Vegas happen, and why things like the storms happen down south, the very simple answer is a three-letter word. It's not a fun word. It's the word sin. That's why these things happen. When God created the world in the very beginning, he said, it is good. He's talking about the whole world. He said it. He made the big ball we live on. He put Adam and Eve. He had the animals and the plants. He said, it is good. There was no... God didn't create evil. Everything was just fine. But then Adam and Eve decided, I'm going to sin. I'm going to take a bite out of this fruit that I'm not supposed to eat. And from then on, all, it's been a result of sin after sin after sin that has caused this. When God, so God created the world perfect, 
but it's the result of sin. It also happens because God made people. God did not make robots. God says, hey, I want you to love me. I want you to put your faith in me, in me but I'm not going to make you do it. How many of us, if God made us serve him to say I love you and to follow him, would kick against that? Most people would be like, uh-uh, I don't want to follow God. I don't want to have to serve him and love him. We would all reject it. He says, I want you guys to love me, and I want you to follow me, but I want it to be your choice. Some people use the choice for good. Okay, I'm going to follow God. And some people say, uh-uh, I don't want God. I don't want what his standards are. I don't want his rules. God created the world perfect, but people have sinned. God made his people and not robots. And you think about, uh, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit here, to, to the world, you know, with the, all the storms that are going on. Um, in Matthew chapter 24, uh, I, I think more specifically about the storms when I read through this, but in Matthew 24, it's got a, it's got a different timing on it, but things are still happening exactly the same way. And these, everything that's going on is supposed to open our eyes to the fact that time is getting shorter, that Jesus is coming back. It's, it seems like it's, it's getting closer and it's getting worse, just faster and faster every day. Matthew 24 says, verse 6, it says, You will hear of wars and rumors of wars. But see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of birth pains. These things have been going on for a long time. Now, my wife, when she delivered or had our two kids, she, I thankfully did not have to go through that. No birth pains because she had C-sections, so it was planned. But from what I know about birth pains, is they get closer. I don't know if they get worse. I don't know if it's just because the body feels like it hurts and it just keeps coming that it feels worse, but I know it gets sooner and it gets sooner and it gets sooner. All the things that are happening in this world, look at them as birth pains. I want to tell you this very simple thing. Don't give up on God. When all these things keep happening and they keep getting worse, <clears throat> it says here in Verse 12, it says, because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most is going to grow cold. Because God keeps allowing these bad things to happen, the majority of people are going to say, you know what, I don't want anything to do with God. How could a loving God allow something like that to happen? My God wouldn't do that. And so they're going to say, I don't want any part of it. That's going to, that includes people who say, hey, I believe in Jesus, or people who say, I'm not going to believe in Jesus. They're going to become so hard-hearted and so stiff that they're going to say, I don't want anything to do with that. Don't give up on God. I tell my kids that when they go to school sometimes. I don't know if it's the last day I'm going to see them. If something bad happens to you, or you find yourself in a situation where we never see each other again because of some storm, don't give up on God. And let me encourage you, do not give up on God. Verse 13 says, but whoever stands to the end will be saved. Keep putting your faith in Jesus even in the storm. Go to him in faith. Don't let your storms become bigger than God because they're not. He is so much bigger. And if we still look and say, man, I don't like storms. I still don't think it's fair. How could a loving God let that happen? I want to I uh, point out one more thing. Jesus, when he came to this earth, he wasn't born in a palace. He wasn't born to wealthy parents. He was born in a cold barn, a cold stable. He grew up a poor person. 
Jesus, who didn't, he, he suffered everything. Up in heaven was perfect. He didn't have any owls on his, on his elbows. He didn't have any headaches. He came down to this earth to go through what we went through so that he could die on the cross to pay for our sins. He didn't deserve it. A righteous God said, hey, I'm going to come down to this sinful world that's messed up, that's going to only get worse, and I'm going to pay that price for salvation so that they can have salvation. He came down here and he went through it too. So the next time you're going through a storm and it's not fair and you're mad at God for it, Jesus went through it too. We've already looked in the past where Jesus wept too, even with the, the woman whose son had died. Jesus knew how it was going to turn out, but Jesus cares. Jesus wept too. So, the, so what are you going to do the next time you go through a storm? Because I, I guarantee you, you either just left the storm, or you're in a storm, or guess what's coming? A storm. And I'm not trying to jinx anybody. I'm just, everybody in life knows another storm is going to come. So what are you going to do when you're in that storm? Are you going to run away and say, hey, I don't want this. It's not fair. How could God let this happen? Or are you going to turn to God in faith and say, I'm going to praise you in the storm. I don't like this. Could you please give me a reason? Could you get me out of this? But I'm going to trust you if you do, because you know that he is faithful. John 16, 33 says, In this world you will have trouble. He says, But take heart, I have overcome the world. Go to him. He's, the, he's, he's a rock. He's a foundation in the eye of the storm. When everything else around me is falling down at my sides, and going chaotic, I can always turn to God. He's my rock. He says, I, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Let's go to Jesus. Let us come and face the storm. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you that you are God. God, I thank you that in spite of this crazy world and all the things that we go through, God, and I know it's easy for us to, to be overwhelmed by the, the struggles of this life. God, we don't like storms. We don't like sickness and death. And we don't like cancer. We don't understand, God, why you allow these things to happen. But I know that you are God and you are in control. I know that good can come from it. God, people can put their faith in you because they see the, the testimony that we have. We can comfort other people with the comfort that you have given us. God, I just pray that if, if we go, the next time we go through a storm, please keep it mild. Please keep it gentle. But I pray that you'd help us to get through that storm. Help us to turn to you and put our confidence in you. And I just pray that you would help us through those storms. In Jesus' name.